0: Welcome to the Uncanny Valley, where the familiar becomes strange, and the truth isn't what it seems. Here, we peel back the layers of reality, uncovering secrets hidden just beneath the surface. Every shadow whispers a story, every silence screams a hidden tale join us as we journey into the depths of the unknown where each turn is a puzzle and every answer leads to more questions are you ready to look beyond welcome back to the uncanny valley podcast i'm dakota and i'm here with my wife Brittany. In this episode, we hope to discuss the important players when it comes to the emerging AI technology arms race, especially with the biggest player in the game, OpenAI, and its founders, Sam Altman and Peter Thiel.
1: Within the scope of AI, OpenAI is one of the biggest players. You might know them as ChatGPT, but they do more than just a text-based AI chatbot type of conversation. Why should people care about OpenAI?
0: I think people should care about OpenAI because, like we said in the intro, it's one of the biggest players right now in terms of advancing the field.
1: So they conduct a lot of research that's actually pushing other AIs forward, right?
0: Yeah, they are one of the ones that started the whole chat GBT-esque large-scale neural network AIs. And that just boils down to a very very smart artificial intelligence that can form very human-like speech and form now images and they were one of the biggest players early on and published a lot of their research which helped kickstart other competitors like llama from facebook and bard from google
1: yeah and this is a quote from their website We believe our research will eventually lead to artificial intelligence, a system that can solve human level problems. Building safe and beneficial AGI is our mission. Now, if you're unfamiliar with ChatGBT or anything that we're talking about in the scope of AI, because it is all so new, basically what ChatGBT is, is a platform where you can ask questions to the AI, almost like Google, and it will give you answers. You can also have it help you write emails, Um, Ask it things like, how should I respond to this person who asked me this? It can also summarize books for you or articles.
0: But it's different from a search engine in that it doesn't just give you links to articles and stuff. It's actually formulating its responses based off of some intelligence. And the way that it works is basically it predicts the word... And bases that on on our grammar rules and predicts what the next word should be in that sentence, which forms how human-esque the response is.
1: Yeah, as of recording this, ChatGBT just last week barely opened up the internet to be used within it. So now when you ask it questions, it will give you links sometimes. Yeah,
0: and previously its knowledge was cut off, I think, in like 2020.
1: Yeah, so sometimes you might ask it something and it would tell you, I don't have access to that information.
0: Or it doesn't know what you're talking about because it hasn't heard that, but it's intelligent enough to know that it doesn't know. And it would tell you that its knowledge was cut off in 2020.
1: ChatGBT has gotten into some trouble for spreading false information. And now when you ask it certain things, it'll tell you, I'm a language learning bot. Some of the information I give you might not be 100% accurate. So don't go on there expecting it to give you super accurate information. You should always do your own research if you're going to use it for something that actually matters.
0: Yeah, ChatGBT is an LLM AI, which means large language model, meaning it's been trained and been told to look at basically all of humanity's written language and learn how the words go into place and what the grammar of that is, and that goes across all languages. Because it's learned this, and because of the way that the model works, it kind of mimics the neural networks in our brains, it is susceptible to hallucinations. And so it will hallucinate and it will unknowingly spread misinformation to it it may be real but that's because it's hallucinating it's as if you had taken something and you weren't in the right quite frame of mind and you were hallucinating a guy walking through the door or something that wasn't actually there
1: and hallucination is actually the official term not just used for chat gpt but all ai when it makes a mistake that's actually what it is called
0: Yeah, some AIs make mistakes just purely on a factual basis that it may have gotten the wrong information, but sometimes it may hallucinate. And then in text form, you can kind of tell whenever it starts to go off the rails. And In image form, it is very apparent whenever it starts hallucinating.
1: Yeah, people might have 10 fingers and three eyeballs or have very distorted faces, unnatural elements in the background that just don't make sense there. Uh, Speaking of images... ChatGBT has one of the biggest AI image platforms called Dolly. And right now, as of recording this again, we're in November of 2023 and the technology is so rapidly changing that by the time this is posted, they could be on Dolly 5. So right now we're on Dolly 3 and we're on ChatGBT number 4. And what Dolly does basically is generate images based on prompts that you give it. So you could tell it, give me an image of a frog riding a bicycle in the rain. And it will do that for you. You can even tell it specific styles. Like I want it to look like a watercolor painting or I want it to look like a photograph. You can get really creative with it. And it is pretty fun, honestly, to sit there and have it generate images for you. And
0: there are some more other players in the game like Mid Journey and Stable Diffusion and they are all somewhat different than Dolly. They all have their own kind of looks to them and personalities to how they do things.
1: And I would say right now Dolly 3 is the best that we have of fully understanding what you're asking it to do and looking the best in my opinion. So before we get any more into what OpenAI is we need to talk about its most prominent founder that I would say. A few of them, but who we're going to mostly focus on right now is Sam Altman. So as of filming this, November 17th, Sam Altman was actually fired as the CEO of OpenAI. Now, before we get to that, let's explain a little bit of his background. So he's a 38-year-old entrepreneur who's worked on several large companies, Some that you may have never heard of, but actually have been extremely successful.
0: A lot of these companies you may not have heard of, but have been extremely influential on the behind the scenes of Silicon Valley.
1: The first company that he was involved with, he was only 19 years old when he helped co-found it, and it is called Looped. Looped was a social media platform before Facebook where it would basically take your location and you could share it with people of your choice. So your friend group, you could have all of your locations shared And basically, the whole premise of it was I could be at a restaurant in downtown San Francisco and look on Looped and see where all my other friends were. If I had a friend close by, then I could message them in the app and invite them to come to this restaurant with me, or they could invite me to go to the movies. This app was out before Facebook, and it wasn't a really small app. I mean, it had 5 million registered users.
0: And this was before the app stores existed. And the way that he did this was he partnered with phone carriers such as AT&T, Verizon, Sprint, and T-Mobile. And through this partnership was able to get the apps installed on users' phones and you can join it and start to post and share your location on it. It was very much like Facebook um, check-ins pre-Facebook and pre-any social media. Yeah,
1: pre-Snapchat where you look on the map and see where your friends are.
0: So it was really ahead of its time. It really reminds me of DARPA's project LifeLog. And I mean, F- Facebook started on the exact same day LifeLog stopped from DARPA. LifeLog was a program from DARPA, which is the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency from the U.S. Department of Defense, and it was a program that was meant to get the U.S. citizens to willingly post all of their information about their life on it and so that you could connect to friends and then post and message them through this platform and then post everything about your life, meaning your likes, your dislikes, your government affiliation on whether you're Republican or Democrat. And even if you had counterculture thoughts or ideas, this is a way to gather the intelligence of the citizens of the U.S. and through a willing basis so you willingly shared it they don't have to go through any sort of legal process and it basically strips you of your rights
1: well and a lot of news reports and media outlets were describing it as a diary to end all diaries a multimedia digital record of everywhere you go and everything you see hear read say or touch that's kind of freaky
0: And that really is reminiscent of what we have today on basically every social media.
1: Yeah, so not to spend too much time on this, but Looped was really what pushed him into Silicon Valley and made him a name for himself within Silicon Valley, which is a really hard industry to even be cared about. So the next company that Sam Altman got involved with is a company called Y Combinator. Y Combinator except Looped into its startup accelerator program and Altman became an integral part of the Y Combinator community. So after Loop was able to acquire $30 million, in 2008, Sam Altman went on to sell the company to Green Dot Corporation. But after its exit, Altman remained with Y Combinator in various capacities. Y Combinator is one of those companies that most people haven't heard about. Prior to doing research for this video, I had personally never heard of it, but it is an integral part of a lot of the brands and companies that we all take part in today. So Airbnb, Coinbase, DoorDash, Dropbox, Instacart, Reddit, and Twitch are all some of the companies that Y Combinator helped become as big as
0: they are. Yeah, they help them become established, get the developers they need to create it and get the resources that they needed and the funding that they needed and in the initial barely startup phase
1: yeah i mean most of us have used dropbox or doordash or airbnb at some point they're huge titans in the brands that they are within instacart is like the biggest grocery shopping app we live out in the middle of nowhere so we never get to have fun stuff like doordash or instacart <laughs> but <laughs> i know that they're important to people who live in cities
0: in 2014, Sam became the president of Y Combinator, and so a year later after he became president, he helped start a non-for-profit research lab, YC Research. This was instrumental in starting OpenAI. OpenAI was the first project started by YC Research, and in 2016, a second project from YC Research was on basic income, basically UBI, which will come in, in a huge oh, yeah. part in, later on in Sam's story.
1: So now in December of 2015, Sam Altman, along with Greg Brockman, Reid Hoffman, who co-founded LinkedIn, Jessica Livingston, Peter Thiel, who helped co-found PayPal, Elon Musk, Amazon Web Services, also known as AWS, Infosys, and YC Research announced the formation of OpenAI, and they all collectively pledged $1 billion to the venture. Now, if you research this, They weren't able to raise that much money just with all of them, but the person who contributed the most to the startup was actually Elon Musk. With how many people were joining this project, all these big names, Elon Musk, Peter Thiel, Sam Altman, OpenAI was starting to catch the eyes of investors and researchers alike. And a lot of Google employees at the time were willing to leave Google in order to go join OpenAI. So as we said in the beginning of this episode, OpenAI is one of the biggest AI researchers and developers in the game. They're basically an AI organization that researches AI, and they hope to develop AI in a, quote, safe and beneficial way, using, quote, from their website, highly autonomous systems that outperform humans at most economically value work. This is a quote from 2018. And with OpenAI and just AI and tech in general, Elon Musk is usually the person that people think of first.
0: And he's a large player, obviously. It's not to discount his skin in the game on what ventures he's starting, such as Neuralink and some of his AI research with Tesla, which is one of the main reasons why he stepped down from the board later on in OpenAI.
1: Yeah, so in 2015, right before OpenAI became a project and a company, Elon Musk said a very telling quote, We could sit on the sidelines or we can encourage regulatory oversight or we could participate with the right structure with people who care deeply about developing AI in a way that is safe and beneficial to humanity. And it needs to be noted that a year before this statement, he said in an interview, quote, we need to be super careful with AI potentially more dangerous than nukes. And then there's also the really famous quote from him where he's basically talking about we're summoning the demon with AI. For somebody who is very cautious about AI, he jumped right on the bandwagon of co-founding OpenAI.
0: And he continues to push the technological bounds that we have right now with Tesla and Neuralink.
1: And just to give another example of how big OpenAI is, is in 2019... Microsoft gave them a $1 billion investment. And just again in 2023, they were given a $10 billion investment. Big companies are shelling tons of money towards OpenAI, but we need to back up a little bit. When OpenAI started in 2015, they started as a non-for-profit. But in 2019, after Sam Altman became CEO, OpenAI transitioned from a non-profit to a capped for-profit. On their own website, they say there's no legal actual term for a capped for profit, but they are starting that because they said they, as a non-for-profit, they're not able to raise enough money in order to push the research. And their cap that they're talking about is 100 times their return. So this was a little confusing, so I broke it down into something that's a little bit easier to wrap your head around. So for example, if I invested $10 million into OpenAI today, profit cap would only take place after $10 million has reached $1 billion in returns. So even though they're, quote, capped, they can still raise a ton of money. Capping at 100 times is not a small cap. Figure. And again, at this point, whenever they transitioned from non-profit to for-profit, Elon Musk had already left the board of OpenAI.
0: A year prior, in February of 2018. Yeah. And he cited conflicts of interest with his research with Tesla.
1: And even though they're on this hybrid model of being nonprofit, profit the OpenAI board has still preserved its nonprofit governance structure. So I'd have to do more research, but if they're a typical non-for-profit, that means that they don't have to pay taxes.
0: Well, and now that they've transitioned into a for-profit company, that means that they're able to do what they want with their funds and bring their products to the general public. Now, it's also important to note that the corporate players people like Walmart, AWS, and all of these other corporate entities get access to other versions of ChatGBT than the general public do. And this is not a conspiracy. This is open. They get access to earlier versions of ChatGBT4. So say we're on 4.1, 4.1, they have access to version 4.6 or 5.0. Well, and,
1: and who knows what our government has access to? They're probably on chat GBT 20.
0: We don't know what access that they really have. And this goes for Dolly as well.
1: And since becoming a for-profit company, OpenAI does not release information on the trainings of its algorithms or data anymore.
0: Now, OpenAI, the open in their name was supposed to be open source, and meaning they publish all of the information on their training and how they built these models. Now, since they've transitioned to a for-profit, their transparency has been reduced and is foggy at best. They still do produce papers on Dolly or ChatGBT, but it is nothing like they used to. And I think it's really important to note this since their transition to a for- profit and maybe it has some sort of correlation to their dropping the mask and showing their true self just like google did whenever google removed do no evil from their company motto
1: yeah and it's really telling that they started out as an open ai company it's like now they should change their name to closed ai because it's not open anymore and basically everything they started on is not how they are continuing to practice business now And another thing with OpenAI in the news is that the U.S. Federal Trade Commission has launched an investigation into whether OpenAI has violated consumer protection laws by scraping public data and publishing false information through its chatbot.
0: Meaning they can scrape that information, going back to Looped and Facebook and DARPA LifeLog. That means all of your information on social media and all of your other information that you've posted anywhere else online for the public to see they now know everything about you, meaning they can predict what you'll be doing in a certain situation. A new outbreak happens and how would you react to that? Would you be pro-governance or would you be anti-governance? How would you react if inflation skyrocketed? What would happen if the economy deflated? What would you do if the military came storming into your house. With this data, I think it's really important to know it's not just corporate entities like Coca-Cola using this information for their ad and their marketing purposes. It's also your government using the data, your own data and your own life against you.
1: Yeah. Think Minority Report where a little marble has all of your, where they could predict you committing a crime and you could become arrested before you've even thought about committing that crime how do they know you were ever going to commit that crime well they can still indict you because based on your own information your own patterns
0: or maybe they can predict to a 99.9 percent chance that you're going to do that that might be enough and enough probable cause to indict you and or arrest you
1: and i'm pretty sure that's what happens in the movie minority report is that it tells them there's this percentage of a likelihood that this person is going to murder their husband so as of filming this We're filming this on November 19th, 2023. And three days ago, Sam Altman was unexpectedly fired from OpenAI. And again, he was the CEO, so he wasn't just a random person working in the company. He was basically running the company. And I think
0: it's important to note that he was the CEO, co-founder, and personal funder of OpenAI in the very beginnings of it.
1: Yeah, he had a lot of stakes into this company and left all of his other companies to pretty much focus on OpenAI. He was no longer working on Looped and Y Combinator. This was basically his baby. And the board of OpenAI was the ones who made the decision to push him out after a review found that he was not consistently candid in his communications. Now this was from an NPR article discussing the topic. Now none of us really know 100% for sure why he was fired what this conflict was that they found, and as of right now, Mira Mirati, OpenAI's chief technology officer, is going to take over as interim CEO until they find a more permanent placement. After he was kicked out, Greg Brockman, who was also a co-founder and was the board's chairman, was going to just step down from the board where he was still president of the company, but said on X, based on today's news, I quit. So basically them firing Sam Altman made him quit, which is pretty big news. So we have two of its founders now gone. And according to CNN business Brian Fung, he said, quote, A key factor in Altman's ouster was the presence of tensions between Altman, who favored pushing AI development more aggressively, and members of the OpenAI board who wanted to move more cautiously, according to CNN contributor Kara Swisher, who spoke to sources knowledgeable about the crisis. So if we can say for certain that's why he was kicked out, that he just wanted to push AI in a different way than the rest of the board, we don't know yet. We'll just have to see what happens in the days to come, weeks to come, with what happens with OpenAI, who steps in. If it's really big news, we'll probably make a dedicated episode on it. So make sure to subscribe and follow us to see if that ends up happening. I want to get to some of the statements that Sam Altman has made throughout the years that I think really show his character and then kind of hints at what we're going to be talking about in our next episode. So here's a statement from him. Is AI going to be like the printing press that diffused knowledge, power, and learning widely across the landscape that empowered ordinary everyday individuals that led above all to greater liberty, he said? Or is it going to be like an atomic bomb? Huge technological breakthrough, but the consequences continue to haunt us to this day. And then something else that is really important to know about Sam Altman and a lot of these other founders is that a lot of them are preppers. A prepper is basically somebody who expects the world to catastrophically end or think zombie apocalypse scenario or something big enough is going to happen that people are going to have to resort to food that they might have prepped and it's going to be anarchy. So Sam said this in 2016 to an interviewer at The New Yorker. I prep for survival. My problem is that when my friends get drunk, they talk about the ways the world will end. After a Dutch lab modified the H5N1 bird flu virus five years ago, making it super contagious, the chance of a lethal synthetic virus being released into the next 20 years became, well, non-zero. The other most popular scenarios would be AI that attacks us and nations fighting with nukes over scarce resources. He continued, But I have guns gold, potassium iodide, antibiotics, batteries, water, gas masks from the Israeli Defense Force, and a big patch of land in Big Sur I can fly to. In the same article, the author Tad Friend noted that, quote, if the pandemic does come, Altman's backup plan is to fly with his friend Peter Thiel to Thiel's house in New Zealand, end quote. So again, this quote and this whole interview was taken from 2016, four years before Covid, And it's pretty telling when big players in Silicon Valley billionaires say something like this that predicts something because usually they're telling us the truth.
0: Usually they're hiding in plain sight with these statements and maybe showing you what the future may bring to you like with this statement with the bird flu. Well, maybe it wasn't the bird flu, it was something else that came much later on, but what is his, what is going to be coming with AI in the future? If he's this scared of AI and his friend Theo are so scared of AI and what it could bring, what is its true capabilities that has sh- shown itself that they're this afraid.
1: Well, and this was only barely a year after OpenAI had started. Whenever this interview took place, I don't know what actual month it took place, but OpenAI started in December of 2015. So just a couple of months after it started, he's already saying, AI could be something that attacks us and leads the nations to be fighting each other with nukes over scarce resources. Call me a tinfoil hatter, but... What kind of things was he witnessing that would lead him to say that just within a few short months of working on AI? And with it almost being 10 years later from when this company started, what do we have now that we didn't have back then? This whole conversation of talking about doomsday preppers is going to lead us into our conversation that we're going to have next week. So it's not one you're going to want to miss. Thank you guys so much for listening. We, we really appreciate all of the love we received on our first podcast and our second one and we can't wait to see what you guys think about this one. So don't forget to leave us a comment down below. Leave us some topics that you are interested in hearing about and we would love to make a video about it in the future. We will see you guys next time.